This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. And hello, I'm your host, Wes Bleed. Point of use is not very popular in households in Europe. It's a marginal product still. I expect that may change over the years, specifically with the carbon footprint aspect of bottled water. Uh, what we do see is it's really a softener market. So if households do anything, uh, they tend to install a point of entry softener. Uh, point of use, uh, other type of uh, water purification devices, we see it's uh, fairly little. That's WQA International Operations Manager Sam DeLander talking about water treatment in Europe and how that could change in the years ahead. And welcome to another episode of WQA Radio, news and insights about the water treatment industry. Find us at wqa.org and on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This is episode number 147. If you're joining us for the first time, we are certainly glad you're here. Welcome. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast or most popular podcast apps. You can also find a link right on the WQA homepage at wqa.org. In this episode, you'll hear my interview with Sam DeLander at the Aquatech Amsterdam show. We talked about his background in water, his role with WQA in Europe, his take on regulations, and his work with other international trade associations. Plus, we'll have our WQA tip. Now, on to my conversation with WQA International Operations Manager Sam DeLander on WQA Radio. So, Sam, thanks for joining us on WQA Radio. Great to catch up with you at Aquatech Amsterdam, where we are currently at the WQA Pavilion. So we want to take some time out to talk about your role as WQA International Operations Manager and talk a little bit about water, uh, specifically in Europe, where you focus most of your attention. So, again, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Wes. Uh, so, a uh, little bit about, uh, first, let me start. Uh, I joined in uh, 2014 at WQA. Uh, first in charge of the European region and then later on international operations manager. Uh, so uh, I have multiple roles in this function. So we have our gold seal program, our certification program, where I do uh, the business development, but also uh, maintenance of those files in terms of audits. So I do uh, quite a bit of audits nowadays uh, around uh, Europe. And then the other side or the other role that I have is on the trade association side. Uh, so here we do a lot of work uh, primarily on regulation because Europe is uh, quite uh, complicated in terms of regulation, something uh, many of our members uh, also struggle with on a daily basis. Uh, so we cooperate uh, with uh, trade associations here in Europe, some on the European level, some on the national level. And uh, actually as part of that also, uh, what I would like to mention is that we were a founding member of European Drinking Water uh, so that's a consortium of uh, now 31 trade associations, all European, except for us, uh, WQA. So we were one of the 12 founding members back in uh, 2015, and that has grown up to be a very uh, important vehicle 
for uh, working with the European Commission in terms of uh, simplifying regulation, uh, harmonizing it with the ultimate goal of having uh, one uh, standard, one test, or let's say one approval scheme for the entire European market. So that's a bit uh, what I do here in Europe. Now to go back to your question, uh, what do we see here in Europe? Typical. Well, before before we get to that, let me uh, ask you about your background in water. How did you get into water in the first place? Well, actually, uh, right from when I graduated. So I actually studied engineering at the university uh, back in Belgium. And uh, I started actually almost exactly 21 years ago with NSF International in their audit operations. Uh, at that time, uh, it was about an even split between food equipment and their water programs. Over the years, the water programs became uh, more important. And um, so uh, that's where I then uh, went uh, to WQA. And I've always been in the water programs, always in, on the water side, actually. We're talking with Sam DeLander, who's the WQA International Operations Manager. We're here at the WQA Pavilion at Aquatech Amsterdam. Great to uh, be able to work with Sam as we have uh, interacted with the folks who have been coming by the booth and talking about product certification and uh, membership with WQA and wondering how WQA can fit into their business model, which... Um, in many cases, it can, and so we're we're always looking for new opportunities to serve um, member companies and to obviously promote the betterment of water quality. So let me ask you a little bit about the show. How's the show in your eyes in terms of the experience you have had with other shows in the past? The Amsterdam Aquatech is always a good show, so it's always a very busy show. Uh, one of the aspects is it's uh, once every two years, so everybody knows it's here. Uh, basically, everybody's in town. It's been even busier than I thought, so I'm very happy. I mean, we're now the Thursday, so we're the third day of the show. Uh, traffic at our booth has been uh, very good uh, as of the first day, and actually I think today was even the busiest day so far, so we're pretty happy. Uh, in uh, in terms of the show, uh, we did yesterday our European industry meeting, which was a, a good success. We had a good attendance, uh, some very good speakers, uh, notably uh, the managing director of European Drinking Water was there as a speaker, talking about the achievements over the past 12 months in terms of our lobbying effort for harmonization of regulation in Europe. Uh, also, the president of Aqua Europa was there couple of other speakers, uh, some of our own speakers. We basically covered uh, Asian markets, U.S. domestic and European markets, so that was very good. What are you, as you size up the challenges, water challenges, however you want to term them, that uh, Europe faces right now, what does it look like? What's the landscape out there? Well, there's a, mul there's a number of challenges. One thing first to understand is that the European market, uh, most of Europe, certainly Western Europe, is very densely populated. Uh, city water is, is all potable, and what we see is that there's still a bottled water culture. So um, point of use is not very popular in households in Europe. It's a marginal product still. I expect that may change over the years, specifically with the carbon footprint aspect of bottled water. Uh, what we do see is it's really a softener market. So if households do anything, uh, they tend to install a point of entry softener. Uh, point of use, uh, other type of uh, water purification devices, we see it's uh, fairly little. 
again, that's something that may change. Uh, the bottled water culture is there now, but as we all know, the carbon footprint is is not ideal compared to uh, the the water network in the street that's already there. So that may be an opportunity for uh, the point of view side of the industry going forward, for sure. And another challenge that we continue to face that's nothing new is uh, the puzzle of uh, regulation that we have in Europe, certainly for the public water line. There's a difference in that uh, units that are installed in the private household are considered food contact, so they fall under a European directive which is harmonized, and that's very straightforward. But units which are installed in a public water line, uh, they fall under the national legislation because the European Drinking Water Directive doesn't regulate materials and products in contact with drinking water. It does regulate drinking water, but not uh, things that come in contact with drinking water. And the big problem here is that all the nations have their local approval schemes. So for a manufacturer that wants to come on the European market, they cannot just say we will get certified and we can uh, sell our products across Europe. No, you have to certify in every country individually. And that brings me back actually to our uh, harmonization effort, our lobby effort with industry under European drinking water. That is precisely to tackle that challenge. Yeah, because we think of European Union as having uh, sort of this unifying, as the name would suggest, qualification or quality uh, so that some of these regulations would be handled through that, but that's not the case. That's unfortunately not the case, and it's grown historically. It could have been that that was the case, but it's not. Uh, In other industries, we don't have that. Uh, For example, electrical safety is regulated on a European level. So uh, there you can bring a product on the market uh, as soon as it meets the European uh, requirements. It's uh, fit for sale across the market. Uh, The public water line is an exception historically, as I said. Um, And it actually goes against European principles because it goes also against the idea of an open market, of a common market. Uh, the reality is that there are trade barriers, so a product that's fit for sale, let's say in France, cannot be sold legally in Germany, so that is an effective barrier to trade, whereas the whole idea of the European Union is, is that it is supposed to be a free market. Uh, that's also something we pointed out in our lobbying efforts, and what uh, the European Commission was very interested in hearing, indeed, that there are barriers to trade that uh, officials don't often know about, It's something fairly arcane. Uh, People who are in industry, they know very well about it because they deal with it on a daily basis. Uh, But it's the message we need to bring out. And we've been pretty effective, certainly over the last uh, two years, in bringing it out and getting the Commission to understand that through our lobbying effort. And uh, there is a good chance, and I think uh, many of us involved in this effort now are beginning to be optimistic in that this puzzle will be resolved on a five to ten year time span to have uh, harmonized regulation under the European Drinking Water Directive. And if that would be the case, you could bring a product in the European market, get it uh, certified or approved to that scheme, and it would be fit for sale across the market. So let's hope that that comes through, and we certainly will continue to work on it. No doubt, no doubt. And as we talk here at Aquatech Amsterdam, uh, it uh, may have occurred to you, listening in the background to our interview, that yes, there are some children around, and uh, as if on cue. All right, Sam, last question. Let me ask you to look ahead. 2020 is coming. 
uh, give us a sense of your outlook, not only about 2020, but maybe even a few years down the road? Well, one of the big question marks, I think, going forward is the trade situation and tariffs, uh, how that will develop. Uh, that's a great unknown to everybody. Uh, that may have an impact uh, also on us as an association in terms of demand for certification, for example. Uh, a lot of what we do, certainly on the international side with WQA, has to do with trade. We help con companies uh, sell across borders. We inform about regulation. Uh, we have our country database where we uh, map out regulation and uh, companies use that. But obviously we also certify with our Gold Seal program directly. And uh, companies use that uh, a lot, obviously, to access the North American market, but also markets beyond that. And there the big question mark is, of course, what will happen with tariffs and trades. Uh, if more tariffs come into play, we might see a shift in trading patterns, of course, also in our industry where more products are being produced locally, for example, in North America, as opposed to uh, being exported in from out of China or out of Europe or other locations. That's a big unknown. Uh, we don't know that. I think longer-term trends, uh, a lot of the trade won't go away. If we look at our gold sealed market, it's very well accepted in a lot of the emerging countries. So we see actually a lot of companies here in Europe who don't even sell in the U.S. but still have the gold seal market because it's so useful in Asia and the Middle East. Uh, and even in Europe, more and more. And that's one of the interesting flip sides of the regulatory puzzle here is that marks like us become more and more recognized because uh, they're so uh, widely available. Another thing, and it's a longer term trend, is of course when you look at the European market, will point of views take off? I personally believe it will. We start to see small signs of that here and there, anecdotal evidence. Uh, that will be maybe in uh, five to ten years from now a, a pretty different picture from what we see today where people are still relying mostly on bottled water. Uh, so that's something uh, that is very interesting to uh, watch and to see how that develops. Sam Delander, WQA's International Operations Manager, joining us on WQA Radio from the WQA Pavilion at Aquatech Amsterdam. That's a mouthful, but I appreciate it, Sam. Great catching up with you. Thanks for your expertise. Yep, thank you. Thank you, Wes. Thanks for having me. Now our WQA tip. Now, speaking of my interview with Sam at the Aquatech Amsterdam show, just wanted to point out a little, uh, uh, kind of an interesting, for me at least it was, a uh, little story. Uh, we're at the booth at the WQA Pavilion, and uh, we're meeting and greeting a whole number of uh, people who are coming by the booth to talk about water treatment and WQA and possible membership and so on and so forth. And uh, one woman came up to me and said, uh, she just wanted to thank me for the podcast, for WQA's podcast, this show. <laughs> and I said, well, I am so glad that you, you know, that you're a listener. And I joked, you know, I said, you're the one. <laughs> and uh, she said, no kidding. It's, it's really great. And, and I asked her a little bit more about, you know, her, her, uh, what she did and so forth. Turns out she's from Spain. And there we are, you know, meeting, having a moment of connection, if you will, uh, because of the podcast, because of the fact that this podcast is heard internationally by a great many of you who are listening outside of the United States. And so I just wanted to say we so appreciate you listening from week to week. And I know you, you can't 
listen to every show. That's you know certainly not something that I expect. But the fact that we have such a broad audience listening to the show, wanting to know more about water treatment, finding out about what our members are up to, that is encouraging. And I just wanted to say thank you. So shout out to that lady in Spain and great to know you're out there and the rest of you as well, wherever you may be. Uh, certainly drop me a line sometime. Let me know where you're listening from and uh, we'll be glad to, uh, to, to stay in touch and connect with you. All right. That's our WQA tip. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to WQA Radio, news and insights about residential, commercial, and industrial water treatment. Remember, you can subscribe to WQA Radio on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just search for WQA Radio, then hit subscribe. Each new podcast will appear in your podcast catcher or podcast player automatically each week. That's the magic of podcasting. And be sure to rate and review the podcast as well. Learn more about water at WQA.org and learn more about WQA product certification, professional certification, and how you can become a member at WQA.org. This is Wes Bleed. So long from WQA Radio. WQA Radio.